Hello. You are about to travel through the sixth dimension. In its fullness exists cinema entertainment that creates many forms, all while maintaining the same purpose, to tell and explore magnificent stories of the burden of existence. This is a dimension of imagination. Your hosts, Adam and Bailey, will do their best to guide you through vast perspectives in cinema that create new dimensions for all to admire. Welcome to AB Cinema. Hello, everyone. It is Tuesday, May 31st. I am Adam. I have returned from the dead. Uh, that is COVID. So, uh, key advice, don't get it. Um, and I'm joined by Bailey, Bailey, who has taken up the mantle of, uh, all seeing all news delivering AB cinema host Bailey. How's, how's it been? I don't know if you listened to any of the episodes last week. I know you were just kind of out for, for a, seemed like forever, but I I had fun doing it. I I wish you were here because I it was hard to just talk <laughs> by myself. But um, I tried convincing Yvette, my wife, to to join me several times, but she was like, "I don't know any of this stuff that you talk about, so <laughs> I would be of no help to you." So, but I I enjoyed it. I thought it was fun. Um, and yeah, sorry if uh, anybody was bored of just hearing me talk. So I'm glad to have you back, Adam. No, thanks. Thanks, Bailey. It's been, uh, you're right. I've been mostly bedridden, just laying down. That's about it. Laying down, dying. That's been my life for the past week and a half. But uh, we're on the bright side of it. I missed a lot. A lot of trailers came out. Huge Star Wars celebration came out. Uh, have you seen Luck and Cha-Cha Real Smooth yet? Yeah, I, well, the movies haven't come out, but I, I saw the trailers. We talked about them a couple weeks ago. I don't know if you ever watched them. Did you? Uh, no, not yet. Okay. Um, yeah, I like them. They both look really fun. And, like, Luck is a kid's movie. It's gonna be really cute for kids, probably. I, animation is really hit or miss with adults, it seems like. So we'll have to wait and see. But Cha Cha Real Smooth looks like it's gonna be an indie underdog. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, the trailer for Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning dropped. Part one. And I must say, yeah, part one, <laughs> I, I have to remember, I must say, I saw it when it dropped the morning of on my phone, and then I saw it on a big screen prior to Top Gun Maverick, and I have to say, when I watched it on the big screen, I think I held my breath at some point. It looks, it looks like more of Tom Cruise being Tom Cruise, and that's all I want. Yeah, I'm excited for it. I, I don't know if you listened to the episode where I talked a little bit about it, but the thing that worries me is that they released this trailer, this teaser, 13 months before the film comes out. Yeah, and so, so they have to they, continue the hype for a year. That train that jumped the cliff, somehow they got to keep it rolling. So Yeah. I mean, I'm sure as we get closer to it, you know, they'll do a bunch, they'll ramp up their advertising for it. Did it come too early? Possibly, but again, it's Tom Cruise just being Tom Cruise. And then uh, the new Thor trailer came out, and, I'm, and I know you we already talked about all of these things. What's your in the wider realm? What's your opinion on Christian Bale's look as Gore the God Butcher? Because I believe that's some a small point of contention in the online forums. You know, I really don't care. 
because the I I've been reading the comic that has that introduces Gore in it, and I I rented a couple of books that have his arc from the library, and um personally it doesn't really matter to me because like he does look like Voldemort in a sense, so I would understand why they wouldn't want to retread that ground and have it be that comparison. But he still does look like Voldemort in some ways. Um, so I'm curious to see how they're going to pull it off without him being compared to Ralph Fiennes. Yeah, I just think the other thing that I notice is like the color and the cinematography, the cinematography of like when they're, it looks like Thor's about to fight Gore looks pretty dope. Like that black and white palette, those sharp contrasts. It, it uh, looks so. really good. Um, I have a question for you. What do you think the most paused moment in this trailer is? Uh, Thor being naked. Yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> there was there was an article that came out yesterday morning talking about that, and the article headline read something like, um, "Guess what the or it's like the most paused moment in the Thor Love and Thunder trailer is exactly what you think it is." Yeah. You know, it's funny is that my uh, my friends all hop. We all have a group text, but uh, they all texted immediately saying, dude, the end of that trailer has me excited <laughs> <laughs> because they, uh, you know, Thor, <coughs> excuse me, is uh, the <coughs> the God of Thunder, but also the God of peak male fitness, uh, according to my friends who are gym rats. So, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm wondering how, <coughs> if they're going to. Keep it blurred or just leave it in there. <laughs> yeah, that is a question. And then, you know, amongst all the trailers that were released or that were shown at um, Star Wars Celebration, the one that was released officially was the Andor trailer. And I, I got to be honest, I just kind of been different about Andor. You know, I here's the thing about all the stuff that's coming between Revenge of the Sith and A New Hope. I feel like when a new, when Rogue One was announced, everybody was like, why do we need this movie? This movie's going to suck. Like, why do we have to explore it? And that movie's honestly the best Disney Star Wars movie that they've released. And that's why I'm pumped and why I'm giving, like, I still have hope, no pun intended, for all of the stuff that's coming between these two movies. Because it's an interesting avenue to explore with the depression of the Jedi that have fallen out from, uh, from fallen order essentially, and um, I I think it's it's really interesting to see the dynamic, like especially with Obi Wan Kenobi and all of that. Like I don't I don't feel like we need it, but I'm curious to see Ewan McGregor's performance and what he brings to the the depth of this period of what these Jedi were going through. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, that's another thing we could talk about is the episodes of Obi-Wan so far, but like, we'll, we'll, we'll jump in, um, just into the news section here. Cause we'll talk about some of the star Wars stuff a little bit later. Uh, but first off, let's talk about the big movie that came out this weekend. Top Gun Maverick. <laughs> Nobody else can see it. But Bailey's pumping his fists above his head. <laughs> I'm, let me tell you, I've been thinking about this movie nonstop for over the last four days. Honestly, I think it's one of my favorite movies of 2022. Wow, that's a bold... You know, I want I, I want you to know, when the social media reactions were coming out, out about this, we were very cautious, as is, as you should be, you know. But you are 
you are pumped for this one. It was and you know so what? good. Unsurprisingly, or surprisingly too, my wife, I, my wife and I sat down to watch the first one, and I think she really did not like the first one. She, you know, she's she she's very modern, but she was also like ah, Tom Cruise is just so annoying in that one. And then we watched this one, and I think she was kind of you know hesitant to go watch it as well. And she walked out of the theater and was like, we need to go buy that popcorn tin that they're selling at the <laughs> counter. <laughs> I, here's the thing. When I got home from work that day, like the, the whole day I was texting and I was like, are you going to see it tonight? Because I don't want to see this movie. And I was <laughs> like, I, I don't want to. I will if I have to. And then I was talking to Yvette about it later and I was like, you know what? I got to do it for the podcast. I got to do it for the podcast. You got this, Bailey. And then I sat down in that opening scene with the Blackhawk. Oh my gosh. I was hooked and I was taken on a joyride with Tom Cruise, Miles Teller, and Glenn Powell over the next two and a half hours. And I loved every minute of it. Yeah, I did too. I really did like it. I just thought it was just so fun. And oddly enough, I really did like Glenn Powell. Same. I feel like he was perfect as Hangman. He he really was. Every I, I honestly, there's no actor in this movie that I had complaints about. Like yeah. even the whole um, storyline with uh, Jennifer Connelly. Like I I wasn't super bothered by it. Like a lot of people were saying that it was really corny and like cheesy '80s romance. But honestly, I felt like it was done in a way that wasn't like super explicit. Like these characters are in love with each other. Let's make love now. And all of this <laughs> stuff, it was done in a respectful way that I, I enjoyed the movie overall. And I, I'm dying to watch it again. Same. I honest, honestly, I'll probably watch it again. Cause I, like I'm telling you, my wife loved it, but uh, the biggest news about it so far is that, this is the biggest opening in Tom Cruise's career, and it is the biggest opening for Memorial Day weekend. Uh, the previous opening was for Pirates of the Caribbean at World's End, and per deadline, we have reports coming out that this Tom Cruise movie, domestically alone, will make $156 million this four-day run. And then um, internationally, it's pulling in somewhere around 250 something But, um, I mean, what are your thoughts on this? Like, what are your thoughts that... Uh, to put it into perspective, for on a Variety article, it said that Top Gun Maverick has grossed about 156 million. Spider-Man No Way Home domestically made 260. Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness 187, and Batman made 134 million domestically. So this is up there with the big, you know, superhero movies. And I think the talk going on right now is like, what is this? How is this a signpost of movies and or requels or reboots and things like that? So I want to know what is your take on this opening, on this record, on Tom Cruise? Honestly, I think it's very well deserved. Um, like I said, the movie has the the drama in it is just so well done with the storyline between Maverick and Goose. It's just so touching. Like there were moments I was getting choked up in the theaters, and I was like, oh my gosh. And I, I, I don't know, it hit on every aspect of the intensity of the flight scenes, and I, I just can't praise this movie enough. And I think for Tom Cruise, he's put so much effort and work and just dedication to every one of his movies he's in, and he's really proven himself um, the last of his kind, 
where he just devotes 110% to everything he does in his field. And I think it's very well-deserved. Like, the guy is crazy. Everybody knows that. The dude is absolutely insane. But he deserves, he deserves this kind of a break. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I read an article a while back that kind of talked about how Tom Cruise for a while really wanted dramatic roles. He wanted, um, you know, he was in a Stanley Kubrick film. He was, he really wanted that Oscar. He was in The Last Samurai, kind of towards the dip in his career. And then at some point, I think he really just morphed into what he is now, where he's just, I'm going to make a movie. I'm going to make it as big a movie as I can make it. And I'm going to do everything I can to make it look as real as possible. And I think this movie is a perfect example of like, not only the journey, like if you talk about Top Gun, I feel like the plot could also be thought of as like an analysis of not only Top Tom Cruise in his career, but of like the Hollywood actor. And, you know, this movie just so well in depicting, like, you know, at some point he like, I don't know. This movie's just super good. But I think, you know, way to go for Tom Cruise. Uh, whether or not, you know, you like him as an actor, I think he brings something special to movie theaters. And I think this movie is especially is a good example of in the midst of like those other movies I read, with probably with the exception of Batman, but with the movies of superheroes and CGI and all this, Tom Cruise really is like, I'm going, you know, he'll take he'll take my breath away. No pun intended, or all the pun intended. Cue the '80s song, but um, I I loved it. I think it's great. I'm a big Tom Cruise fan, and yeah, I think this is a great thing, um, for movies in general. I have a question for you. I I rated this movie an A plus. I don't know what you what what grade would you give it? I'm trying to think. I hadn't. You put me on the spot here, Bailey. Sorry. Um. <laughs> I, I'd probably give it an A plus as well. Like I do want to watch it. I think it's the most realistic, most practical thing I've seen in a while. And the amount of times where really I was holding my breath, I think is to it. Like, is this the deepest story I've ever seen in a movie? Absolutely not. But I think the only thing I can compare it to is like George Miller's Mad Max Fury Road. Where the big deal about that is that they did all of that in camera. They had a bunch of editing. Like, it was just an action movie for action movie's sake. And I feel like Tom Cruise was like, I'm going to make an action movie. I'm going to make a reboot. And I'm doing it to show, like, this. it's almost like this is, like, the perfect encapsulation of those two things. Of, like, a requel and an action movie. And I think it's great. Yeah, I'd give it. I'd give it an A plus. Awesome. Again, it's not. You're not gonna like walk out of it and be like, you know, the, I need to really think about this question that the movie asks. You really just walk out of it and you're like, dude, can't, let's get back in line for this roller coaster and go round two. Yeah, I, I'm wondering if the second time around will change my opinion at all. Like, I, I don't know. I I really enjoyed this movie, and I it. You don't need a lot of thinking. Like, you. <laughs> We you before we recorded this, Adam and I were talking about uh, the Marvel movies and Star Wars and how you kind of have to have watched everything to understand what's coming. And this movie, you really you don't have to have watched Top Gun. It might help, but there's also flashbacks that give you an idea of what happened prior to this movie. And I think it's really it's unique storytelling because which is sad because that's how storytelling used to be in movies. 
and I'm I'm I, it was just a nice break from having to remember everything that has happened to Wanda and WandaVision or Doctor Strange and Avengers Infinity War and his first movie and it's like it was just such a relieving break where it, there wasn't stress like the stress was completely different in this movie with the flight scenes and everything but it was a good stress compared to like oh who's this character again why are they important and what's their purpose what where is this heading to and all of that like it, i don't know it was it was a good break from what has become the blockbuster film yeah like and not only that but i feel like this is like a callback to the blockbuster films of of top guns era you know the 80s like jurassic park you walk in you watch a movie you you see the whole thing from front to from start to finish and then that's the story like there's nothing else like for example slight spoilers for um multiverse of madness the very end you get that stinger with charlie's theron and then earth and then immediately you're like okay who is she playing what is her story you know you do all this additional research that you know will point you to the next story that they're going to tell or something like that but this is just an isolated story and it's just it's just great but yeah but we can move on from top gun now yeah um and moving on we have uh some news about the fast 10 uh rita moreno who was recently in uh excuse me, who's recently in West Side Story is playing Vin Diesel's grandma in Fast 10. Bailey, Fast 10, what are you thinking? <laughs> I've I've given my thoughts on this. I just think it's ridiculous. Like, everybody's family in this franchise. And, like, I, I'm ready to see it end. Um, I know you're excited for it, but I feel like this <laughs> this movie has just become very bloated with its whole cast to me i feel like yeah this is like this is this is truly like unplug your mind and just watch a movie like you know top gun requires some level of engagement uh and and it does have a story whereas these fast movies are just truly like don't think about it too hard just watch and you know will rita moreno win an oscar for <laughs> for playing, playing Vin someone. Diesel's grandma. For playing Vin Diesel's grandma, yeah. She uh you know, she won it for the original West Side story, so who knows? Um <clears throat> I'll that won't happen. But uh yeah, so that's the news we have on Fast Ten. And then we have some Star Wars celebration news, and a and a bunch came out of this. Uh so we'll skim over it really quickly. The first Indy five picture was released. Uh did you get a chance to look at that, Bailey? I did. It's literally just Indiana Jones with some gold <laughs> or yellow backlight. It looks like yeah. Indiana Jones. Yeah, exploring a cave. You know, I, I don't know what to say about this. I do think James Mangold is a very capable director. It's not like he's very revolutionary, but I feel like when he gets his hands on something, he'll make it important or as relative to that subject as it can be he made walk the line a great biopic he made logan which i feel like is probably the closest comparison to indy 5 um, yeah i agree because it's the send-off yeah it's like the send-off and so i'm sure this will be kind of like logan a celebration of the character and, a, and an advancing of the role as well i don't uh, kathleen kennedy came out and said that they won't make an indiana jones movie without harrison ford and so I, 
I don't know if they're going to be doing a spinoff, which I really hope they don't because spinoffs are just kind of getting old and tiring. But I, I hope that they just let this movie come and go and that it's a perfect send-off for Harrison's Ford, Harrison Ford's character. Yeah. And then, um, so if you wanted to go check it out, you can look it up online. Uh, then we have Star Wars Skeleton Crew. So Bailey, tell me what's going on here in this one. This was the project that was rumored to be, uh, Grammar Rodeo was the project title prior to Star Wars Celebration, but Skeleton Crew is going to be directed, written, and produced by John Watts. Um, Jude Law it will be the main star, uh, the ba- main big star. It's supposed to be like the Goonies, and it's set during the time of the Mandalorian, and we're going to be getting, the four main characters are like 10 to 12-year-old kids. Uh, who just get lost in space, and they're trying to make their way back home. And so it's compared to the Goonies meets Star Wars in a galaxy far, far away. And that's pretty much it. Well, that's all we know. Yeah, let's, that's all we know. <laughs> uh, are you looking forward to it? This is, I mean, this is John Watts's, uh Star Wars project, correct? Yeah. I'm excited for it. I, I think it'll bring something new. I, I, I like that we're not focusing so much on the Jedi anymore like the Mandalorian was such a good show I know we have the Obi-Wan show going on right now but like Mandalorian was good Boba Fett sucked but it was a nice break from it was it was cheesy for what it was but it was nice to just not have the Jedi again yeah. um and then we have Andor coming out which I'm super pumped for um just because I love Rogue One and I'm excited to see how it it changes how we view this time period um i'm excited for this show i'm really excited for it i i i I have to wait and see more from it which we probably won't see a lot from it for another year at least but it'll be really interesting when we start to see trailers for it and they said that this show is not a kid's show it's supposed (laughs) the way they explained it at star wars celebration was that it's very similar to the clone wars but then Dave Filoni, the the uh, creator of that show, George Lucas said, "We cut off heads on that show. Like that show isn't for kids." And and so they said it's it's similar to the Clone Wars in tone. Gotcha. Well, yeah, Star Wars Skeleton Crew. Look forward to that. Uh, and then we had some news about Ahsoka and the Mandalorian. The Mandalorian will premiere in February of 2023, and Ahsoka will premiere at some point in 2023 and there's some footage out there from some of the trailers some of the things that were shown uh have you got a chance to look at to see any of that bailey yeah it's been leaked online um it's been taken down quite frequently from lucasfilm i saw the trailer for mandalorian season three and ahsoka um the ahsoka one wasn't really a trailer it was more of just sizzle reel footage but the mandalorian season three what i saw looked great uh even though it was half the screen and uh, recorded from somebody's phone who apparently lives in the year 2008 and um yeah it, it looks really good i if you want to listen to our description of the footage uh our episode last week um covering star wars celebration you can listen to it there yeah and then um there's a whole bunch of babu fricks in that one so yeah you know uh moving on though Ahsoka, we had a bunch of casting and some characters that are returning. Uh, 
I never saw Rebels, never saw Clone Wars, never saw any of that. So, Bailey, take the reins here. What's what's the news people should be listening to here? So, the big thing is, this is technically the the successor to Star Wars Rebels, but it's set during the timeline of The Mandalorian. Um, so, I'll just give a... And I, I imagine what's going to happen when this show comes out. For those that have seen Obi-Wan Kenobi, there is the flashback scenes at the very beginning to give you a heads up on, like, this is what Obi-Wan has been through all these years, and this is what the, these are the important things that he's been through. And I imagine when Ahsoka comes out that they may have some exposition scenes, like backflashes or flashbacks to what happened in Rebels. But like the Star Wars Rebels characters that were announced to return are Sabine Wren, Ezra Bridger, Harrison Dula, and Chopper the Droid. And they announced Natasha Liu Bordizo as Sabine Wren, which is a Mandalorian. And she's very punk rock Mandalorian, I, I guess you could say, with her outfit. But um, they've announced all of these characters to be returning in, in the Ahsoka show. I'm curious to see what they're going to do with it, because for the regular moviegoer or the regular fans of Star Wars, um, I don't know how they're going to relate to this show because you kind of have to have seen what happens in Rebels unless they do what I said with the exposition scenes. But it'll be really interesting to see what happens. I don't know. What are your thoughts? I, I Honestly, like this is probably another pod, but it was kind of like what we were saying earlier. You know, it's hard for me to it's it's hard for me as a casual Star Wars fan who admires, you know, the classics and um, even the prequels to some degree because I was a child back then. Um, like, to get on board with... Almost, I felt like, feel like having to have all this homework that you need to watch in order to understand the depth of these relationships or the depth of the story or the journeys that they've been through. I kind of just wish they could tell it in an isolated manner. But again... There are probably for for every one of me that says that there's probably another person who's just as passionate of no I've watched all of these shows I want to see these stories continue, and so that's that's the that's the rock and the hard place you know. Yeah, I I'm excited for it. I on the other hand did watch Rebels, not all of it. I just watched the essential episodes. There, like if you just Google essential Star Wars Rebels shows, it literally gives out all of the storylines from each of the seasons and. The first season was the worst out of all of them. There's only four of them, and they're like 20-minute episodes, so I busted through it in a week or two, and it, it wasn't, like, the storyline gets really good around season three. Yeah. And so it's, it's a great show as far as building upon the lore of what Star Wars is. But, like I said, not everybody's going to go out and Google, like, what are the essential episodes for these shows? Yeah. And so it'll be really interesting to see how the general audience reacts to a show like this. And yeah, I think that's a perfect way to put it. We'll see how the general audience reacts to it. Um, so that's the Ahsoka news. We have Star Wars Tales of the Jedi, which will premiere this fall. Uh, <clears throat> I read a little bit about this. This one kind of excites me. But again, you are all, all over this, Bailey. Tell us, what is Star Wars Tales of the Jedi? So Star Wars Tales of the Jedi is a six-episode shorts uh, series that's being released this fall on Disney+. Plus. And 
it's going to follow two Jedi specifically, and that is uh, Ahsoka and Count Dooku before he becomes Count Dooku. And um, it's going to have a lot of the original, uh, well, obviously, like, uh, I can't remember his name. He passed away now. Christopher Lee. He's not returning because he's sadly passed away. Um, but Liam Neeson is returning to join the episode with, uh, with Count Dooku. And his son will be playing a younger version of himself. We're going to be seeing other characters like Mace Windu. And I imagine we'll get other uh, legacy characters from the prequel series, uh, Jedi as well. And so I'm, I'm excited to see this. It's going to have the same animation that the Clone Wars had. Which, if you haven't seen the last season of the Clone Wars, just like the last four episodes, it's some of the best Star Wars storytelling I've ever seen. Yeah, I... um. I really was excited to see Liam Neeson returning as Qui-Gon Jinn because, you know, of all the people that I feel like deserve more story or deserve more mainstream coverage, I feel like Qui-Gon Jinn would be a very well-deserved Jedi to be explored. I, but, I loved this character. He was my favorite yeah. when I watched the first episode. Yeah, and just in re-watching the prequel even, like, aside aside from all the, you know, the midichlorian talk and all of this, you know, it's very fun to when my cousin's a huge Star Wars buff, but he would tell me about things about Qui-Gon. I'm like, see, that's like interesting backstory that I would never know. That is pretty cool and pretty interesting if handled correctly. So I'm excited for this one. Honestly, I want to see what happens. I want to see quite more Qui-Gon. And so let's gin it up, dude. But uh, moving on from the the Tales of the Jedi, we have Star Wars Jedi Academy, which will premiere on Disney Junior, uh, or which is a Disney Junior show. And uh, apparently it follows younglings getting trained in the High Republic. Am I right here, Bailey? Yeah, this show will be released next year. It's a Disney Junior show and Disney Plus original, so it'll premiere simultaneously. I, I, the only reason I'm actually excited for this is because my daughter is at that age where she's like, it's a, it's a good introduction to the world of Star Wars for a kid that young. Like, I've, I've tried watching Star Wars The Clone Wars with her, but like I said, that's not really a show for kids. But um, the only thing she really watches are Encanto and Turning Red. I've literally <laughs> seen those movies like 400 times now. And I, I've tried to branch her horizons, but she, or to widen her horizons, but she is not taken to Star Wars yet. Yeah. One day, I was going to say, don't worry, day, you'll get there. I have faith in you. When Jedi Academy comes out, <laughs> she'll like it. And you know... Just as a sidebar, I haven't read anything on the High Republic. Have you? Uh, no, I actually checked the library to see if they had any stuff, but it was all checked out. So I, I'm going to check it out. Yeah, this is probably another area of Star Wars that interests me. Just the, the I don't know, like the storytelling potential in Star Wars is grand. And I feel like unless you're really willing to like dip into like the novels or the graphic comics and stuff... It's like we don't get that across in the mainstream media. You know, we have to keep going back to the familiar. And so those things also interest me. Yeah, the past and the future is where Star Wars needs to reside. And right now, we've gotten a lot of in-between quills. And we don't need it anymore. Yeah, there's potential, man. Uh, Moving on, speaking of the in-between quills, that Lando show with Donald Glover is still happening, apparently. What else do we know about that? So Kathleen Kennedy came out and said, like, it's all in Donald Glover's hands right now. Um, he's finishing up Atlanta, and then he has the Mr. and Mrs. Smith show coming out for Amazon Prime. 
and so uh, after that, um, he's he's good to go for for Lando in the Star Wars world, and so I think he's just finishing out his contracts with those before he returns back to the Star Wars universe, and which I thought was kind of funny because they had talked about last week that they were never going to recast legacy characters again because um, of what Han Solo did, but like. Honestly, I I thought that the casting was perfect for Han Solo. Um, I know it wasn't like everybody's favorite film, but I think they were missing the point on on what they were doing with it, like why it didn't hit so well. And um, like I'd be willing to see Han Solo show up in an Obi Wan Kenobi show, or not not even that, because that wouldn't make sense. But like in the Andor show, like it would be fun to see him in there, and like I. But like I said, I'm sick of seeing all this stuff. Like this, this era that we're stuck in right now with the the Fallen Order and all of that with Obi Wan and Andor, it's intriguing to me. But we already know the outcome of the story, so why do we need to explore? And uh, you know, the Bad Batch season two trailer came out and it premieres this fall. Did you see the season one, Bailey? Are you a Bad Batch I fan? I did. Are you a no, Are you I'm a Batchy? I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I think that their fan name is a little bit more explicit than what we say <laughs> on our show. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I don't know if there is anything like that, but it definitely flows well. Um, I I saw the first season, and I was really hoping for something more. It it was kind of a letdown for me, and I yeah I I really don't know how I feel about this show. Like the season finale for it was really a a letdown compared to like the clone wars and what we got with that and after the final season premiered on disney plus i was really pumped for the bad batch but um we'll have to see how this one goes i'll probably watch it just because it's star wars but i won't like it (laughs) and then uh our last bit of star wars news is about um visions season two will premiere in spring 2023 how do you feel about the season two of visions there I love this show. I thought it was really good. Um, a lot of the shorts were very odd. Did you, did you watch it by any chance? Yeah, I, I think I watched most of it. Some of it I sat out of, but... Yeah, the, some of them were really weird and very... Um, like, it's technically not Star Wars canon, but a lot of the stuff, like, I wouldn't have mind seeing some of these characters show up in the, in the Star Wars universe, especially the first episode with, like, The Last Samurai pulling from that kind of thing it was it was intriguing uh storytelling to say the least but i'm i'm intrigued to see what studios they bring on and what they bring to like how they could branch out the star wars universe yeah i i tend to like the ones that either understand the fighting of star wars or understand the inspirations for star wars like Mm -hmm. the samurai one that you brought up is a very like very big nod to like akira um Kurosawa. Yeah, exactly. I almost I was gonna say his name, and then for some reason I'm blank. So thank you for saving me. Um, but you know that like that was such a big nod, and then even the one where they had the master and the Jedi, the Padawan, and they fight that old guy on that planet, like, and that seemed very like space western. You know, it like I just love those feeling ones that just feel very like, um, I don't know, grandiose or even homage but like i liked those ones some of the other ones i felt like were a little too much <laughs> like the ones where those twins fight on that spaceship that was crazy for me that was bizarre yeah. 
that was very space balls with the lightsabers yeah. twisting and but um turning into lasers. I'm I'm excited. I am also excited to see if they continue any storylines. Uh, but we'll see. So uh that comes that comes out in spring 2023. And then the Black Adam trailer will premiere on June 8th. And I know this is a movie you're looking forward to, right, Bailey? No? Okay. I uh, no, misread that. I mean, like, the, the, only, the only reason I'm kind of looking forward to it is because this has been, like, Dwayne Johnson's passion project. And I like the world of Shazam, and I'm intrigued to see what they do with it. Um, DC has really slacked off with their storytelling and their, what they could potentially do. And so I'm intrigued to see what this movie brings. The cast looks okay. Um, it's it's an oddball. Like, I really don't know what to expect until June 8th. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so June 8th, Black Adam. So uh, that should do it for our news in our episode today. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Uh, you can find us on social media as abcinema.pod, abcinema.podcast. Um, we're on Instagram, Twitter, Letterboxd, Facebook. You can email us at abcinema.pod at gmail.com. We'd love to hear any comments, any questions, any theories, your, your opinions on movies. Let us know what we can talk about and what we can, uh, um, cover that would make you guys interested. Uh, as always, please be sure to like, and subscribe, leave a rating at the, at the end of the podcast. And, uh, we hope everyone has a great day. And as always. Keep watching movies.